It's time to mind your business with me, Jamila Lodge. Tune in to find out how to mind your business with BEDC, special guest entrepreneurs, industry experts, and more. Brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here. Um, so ladies, welcome to Mind Your Business. Um, of course, I'm Jamila Lodge, your host, and I'm happy to have both of you here with us. And hopefully we'll be joined later on by Sean Stapley of Penrose. But um, I'm ha- happy to have Stephanie Smelly here. And then we have also Karee Luna here. And ladies, before we get started, I'd like to give you an opportunity. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. So let's start with you, Stephanie. All right. Well, thank you for having me, Jamila. And hi, Karee. Um, my name is Stephanie Smiley. I grew up in Bermuda till college. Um, I went to Saltis Inheritance Sound um, and UNC and Wharton Business School for my undergrad and um, graduate degrees. I most recently was a VP at Dapper Labs, which is one of the leading NFT companies, and we could dive into that um, throughout the show. Previously, before that, I was head of creator partnerships at Spotify and VP of BizDev and partnerships at iHeartMedia. Um, but right now, I am an independent Web3 consultant and really trying to help businesses and entrepreneurs and creators find their path into Web3 because it's, it's really a revolutionary technology and can't wait to dive in. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, I, I would say that you are definitely who we need on this call and who participating <laughs> in our upcoming event. So thank you for being here. And Luna, would you please go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Um, so uh, I left Bermuda. I went to Gilbert Institute and then BHS. And then my mom was like, my kids have all this talent and I don't know where to place them, what to do with them. And we are half American, half Bermudian. And so my mom was like, you know what? I think they'll do good at this school. And my mom got a position out in New York and it just seemed to be falling into place. So I ended up going to LaGuardia High School of the Arts, um, then went to University of the Arts London. I always joke and say that's the college Kanye West got upset that he couldn't get into. But we love them. We love them. Um, But uh, from there, I became a fashion forecaster in New York City, um, where I was the youngest um, in our group, where I worked with Foot Locker, Timberland, Target, everyone you could think of, and then smaller brands, uh, predicting fashion and trends and culture about four to six years in advance. And then I decided that I was going to then go design product design for a company that designed for um, Nickelodeon, Disney, and MGA. So if anyone saw the Jojo Siwa bows, that was me. Um, But it was... uh, (laughs) Seven-year-old, yes, I saw them. (laughs) Oh, yes, they were in, they loved them. Uh, That and the LOL dolls, all of those. Um, And then... At the same time, I was in school learning UX and UX UI as well as front end. So I always had a love for tech, but I didn't quite know how I was going to fit that in with fashion or art um, and trying to combine those. And then COVID struck and I was out of a job and I was home and creating and I had met so many people around the world and started doing writing and doing interviews with people. And someone saw some of my art and was like, 
you should create an NFT. And I was like, what the NFT? And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everybody busted out laughing. And I just fell in love with the concept of it. I've been really big into like just having rights for individuals and, and especially our people and, and women. Um, and what I found with NFTs um, just allowed me to even dig deeper and, and figure out like, what does that mean for us moving forward? And how does that protect us? Especially coming from a fashion background, everyone knows it is cutthroat. If you're young, a lot of your stuff gets taken. We'll yeah. move into that in the future more. But um, I started to come up with this concept of bringing down a bunch of artists to Bermuda. And when I got here and having meetings, I realized a lot of us didn't understand what NFTs were. Um, and a big thing for me is not to come here and just bring people here and not let our people understand what's going on. I want our people to be able to work with um, and be a part of and understand before anything else happens. So I put a halt on that. And I've been I'm now been putting together something called What the NFT, inspired by the first thing I said. Um, and we are going to have a panel where I have amazing individuals, mostly Bermudian, speaking about NFTs. So that's thank you for that. Um, be, and it's it's perfect, right? So that's what we're going to be talking about today is this upcoming um, panel discussion that we're going to have called Power Up with Web Three. Um, where both of you, uh, Stephanie, you're going to be our keynote, um, and Karee, you are also going to be participating as a panelist on this, and this is taking place October 28th um, during Tech Week, so it's going to be um, the Friday, the ending of the Tech Week, we're going to end with you fabulous women, <laughs> um, but I think what you both said is perfect, right, that's why we have you here, is because we do, especially in Bermuda, like you said, Karee, when you come back, you see the rest of the world moving, um, you know, far in technology. They know what Web3 is. They know what NFTs are and know how to apply them. But I do feel like there's a lot of education that needs to happen here in Bermuda. And so that is why I reached out to you guys to ask you to participate in this panel discussion to help our local entrepreneurs understand what is the application for Web3. So I'm going to start with my first question and just can you just tell us what it is? <laughs> Can you help us understand? Sure. What well, first, I want to address what you just said about like Bermudians being behind in the like education yeah. of what an NFT or Web3 is. And I would say that is actually a misconception. Like, I think I do. I think that because if you're in the tech world, you hear it a lot, but yeah. the majority of people do not know what it is, do right. not understand it. And you you could feel left behind because you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's making money off of crypto, everyone's, but that's yeah. not actually the case. And if you look at how many people are actually trading or buying, it's a small, small, like 0.001% of yeah. the population. So I would encourage people, because I often think that's a barrier for people to jump in because they're like, I'm too late I missed the boat yeah we are just at the very very beginning of this web3 journey I would liken it to when the internet first kicked off and people might not have known what it was and then we're all on it now so I I wouldn't take that as um, a barrier to entry for people okay. and um, just encourage everyone to not feel like they're left out and to embrace it um as if it's just something new that is, is welcoming to everyone. So I'll just say that first. Yes. 
Um, that's why you're here, see? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like it, it, it's, it's actually a, a horrible misconception. And I think especially like our people, especially yeah. black people, Caribbean people, you, you often say like, I'm going to be left behind and just throw in the towel. No, and, exactly. Yeah, so I would encourage everyone to embrace it and not think that they're left behind, yeah. but let's jump into what it is. Um, <laughs> So I would, uh, who remembers like in Carter or like encyclopedias online back yeah. in the day, I would say that was like web one when it was like the information phase where you can go online, you consume information, you can't really um, get feedback to said information, but you're just ingesting, whether it's Yahoo, whether it's um, just static pages of, of content. Um, but I would say web one was definitely the information phase. Okay. I would say web two is the phase when people were able to contribute to the internet by way of content and interaction. And that's where social media came in. That's where um, user-generated content where you can create your own videos, where you can connect with other people um, via social graphs, via Instagram, via social media. Um, and it was definitely the phase of creation and connecting. And I would say this new phase, which is Web3, it's not like a new internet, but it's more of a layer built on top of the internet that now enables you to own what you create okay. um, and, and get paid for it. Yeah. Um, and I would say it's this, this new phase built on the blockchain, which is essentially a large database or a ledger that documents transactions and ownership. And what that opens up for creators and owners and entrepreneurs is a digital record of who owns it? So you create a, a digital image online before you could just copy paste it. Everyone can use it. And, and the creator of it gets cut out of the equation. They never get right. paid for it. Or even if they get paid for it once by selling it to someone after that, the person can do whatever with that image. And, and there's no record of what, what happens to, to it afterwards. So what Web3, and it's going to take a while to onboard everybody to it. So it's not a foolproof method right now, but right. eventually we're going to see a world where say um, Jamila, you record a podcast. Mm -hmm. If someone wants to use a snippet of your voice, it will be documented on blockchain that this is Jamila's voice. You can bake in into the um, smart contract, which is a digital contract behind that actual um, digital asset that you want 50% of revenue for who wants to buy your voice audio. And then if somebody else wants to sell it after that to anybody else, and it can exchange hands million times after that, you're saying, okay, after that, I want 5% on every transaction into perpetuity. And so what that does is allow you and your likeness and what you've created, you're getting paid for it now. And so it, it creates um, an opening for creators and entrepreneurs and IP holders to get paid for their work and to get paid for secondary transactions into perpetuity. And that's just one example in the creator realm, but I see Web3 also working by way of like housing deeds. Like be now, now you have to go to a, um, 
the the town hall whatever and get people to sign off and all of these like manual steps soon people will be able to transfer their deed to somebody else it's documented on the blockchain cuts out the middleman passports licenses like anything that you need a documented um certificate of ownership all of these will now be moved to the blockchain where it will bring out more efficient use cases, um, less, less opportunities for hacking, criminalization, all of that, and just make um, digital ownership far more efficient as well. So I think it's interesting because what you're saying to me, it means that the power is being given back to the individuals, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Now, sometimes the powers that be, whoever they are, mm -hmm. <laughs> aren't necessarily into that. Like, they're like, if, if, if you have the power now, then you don't have to go through me to yep. get your deed stamp or anything yep. like that. So I, I guess my question is, how is it being received by those businesses that are more centralized, right? Because yep. we're talking about Web3 decentralizing this 100%. whole process. Mm -hmm. um, how are people receiving that? Is there resistance? You know, what does that look like? So I would say in my experience, and you can feel free to jump in, Curry, but I would say that it, it's been met twofold. So take the music industry, for example. Right. Um, Web3 could essentially give musicians the opportunity to distribute their music directly to their consumers and their listeners without having to go to a record label. And that kind of um, takes the power away from the record label who signed these big contracts. However, in reality, um, consumption is key and numbers do matter. And the, the reality is that the labels have access to distribute it far beyond what, what an individual could do at the time. And so what we're seeing is attempts to kind of dismantle centralized organizations, but in reality, you need both sides in order for this to work. So a lot of forward-thinking organizations are now trying to dip their toe into Web3. Um, and so, because um, they don't also want to be left behind either. So right. a lot of businesses are also shifting their business models. So it could be that the housing authority then says, let's shift deeds to um, Web3 and we'll get a percentage of any transactions that happen. So they're trying to now move their business onto um, a, a, the blockchain ledger. And it also makes it a efficient for them where they don't need as much manpower. It's right. not as much administration involved. So I've seen a lot of businesses trying to dip their toe, but I also want to make sure that people remember the ethos of it is decentralization and don't try to take power back from creators because my fear is that they're going to try to. Oh, they're yeah. going to try, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, they've, they've been this, you can definitely see they've been trying already, even yeah. jumping on a lot of brands have been jumping on and, and mm -hmm. trying to make sure they're looking relevant and, and yeah. all of that, even making artists that, you know, aren't really real, right? They're yep. in, yep. AI, in the metaverse yep. and there's been a lot of, we have yes. to dive in that at the panel discussion. We can't give them all the good, okay, the rest of them, but what? Yeah. Okay, okay we'll, we'll leave that for a discussion. Okay, but that's interesting. Like, these are the things I think the average person, like you mentioned, Stephanie, the average entrepreneur, business owner, don't really think about. They hear it as this analogous Web3 mm -hmm. thing over here, but they're like, how does it relate to what I do on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. And I would like I was sharing with you before we 
you know, actually got started is a lot of our stakeholders are entrepreneurs, right? And I would consider their businesses lifestyle businesses. So they're like, not really high tech, really. This is what I'm doing to make provide for my family, whether it's a salon owner or whatever the case may be. But I do think that there's application in Web3 for those businesses. And that's kind of what we want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, especially like with NFTs. I mean, Karee, you were talking about how to get certain tickets, you had to purchase an NFT to get access to whatever that event was. Can you talk a little bit about that and NFTs and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, Stephanie did an amazing job uh, about speaking about NFTs a little earlier. Um, I always have this thing, I don't know, Stephanie, if you find it too, where I have certain words that we know are our web words or you know certain words that we use. And I realize I'm like, Oh, let me break this down a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so, and it's it's weird because my I think I have my siblings or friends. They, I get what you're saying, but I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, so it's hard for me. So tell me, you know, fill me I, out if I'm not. I don't want. I use too many like words like that. Yeah. Let me yeah. know. Okay. I will. I will. All right. Awesome. So when we talk about non fungible tokens, actually, Stephanie went through a lot of it earlier. Um, it's let's change out the word fungible to replaceable, all right? I always, to get my younger cousins or even family members to understand what it is, I always say, you know, the Bermuda $2 bill. Yeah. This It's worth if you trade it in for another $2 Bermuda bill, it's the same. Now let's say the Mona Lisa, or let's say I create a painting. That painting, if someone comes and tries to recreate that painting, it's not the exact painting. Right. It's always the one of one. So that's a non-fungible. So that's the N and the F of non-fungible tokens. The ledger that Stephanie was talking about earlier, um, blockchain. So this is then stored. And what, um, especially what I loved how you said this earlier, Stephanie, is that it's, you know, everyone can see it. It's decentralized. So it's not where only certain groups of individuals, especially coming from the art background, we were, I was very privileged to be able to go to certain um, exhibits or um, fashion shows that the world wasn't privy to, um, you know, very underground or because I had a press pass, I had access. And those, that's when you have access to be able to purchase these items, but a lot of us don't, right? We don't know how much it really goes for. We don't know, you know, how, who got what for what or how it was traded. All of that is now open for everyone to see. They know exactly who created it, when it was created, um, you know, the smart contract that Stephanie was speaking about earlier, how much, you know, does the next person have, you know, or how much the next person purchased it for, like all of that information, imagine that all being there. And it takes away this idea because I know growing up, my parents weren't super rich and I definitely was in areas that I did not, was not the same as everyone else around me. Right. I would say this in the best way possible. <laughs> but yes, mm-hmm. the exposure, right? And yeah. Um, we try to tell people, you know, oh, you need to look up this, look up that. But if you don't know, you don't know where to go. But mm-hmm. now that this is all open and out for everyone to see, then you can then learn a lot more and it takes away the hierarchy, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. I mean, we can challenge that. That's what it's supposed to be. Um, human beings are very interesting, interesting creatures where we will destroy everything that is made for good and try to wheel it um how to fit our needs but um which Stephanie mentioned earlier as well um coming from a fashion background 
uh, we had, I had actually spoken to my old boss about this, having a show here in Bermuda. And what would that be to make these pieces NFTs and everything else? This year it was amazing to see ticketing uh, NFT and ticketing, which we will speak more at the event. Um, in order to get a ticket to New York Fashion Week for a lot of these shows, you had to actually purchase. So they actually made these beautiful keys that went with the designs that were coming out. And you got a little, that means you got a little taste of it and you got to own a little piece of it. And in order to get it, you know, to get in, you had to own it. Or let's say, you know, you're stuck still with COVID or you're not able to fly to New York to be at this event. You got a piece of it to a physical piece. So I know one of the shows that I was in love with, they said, you can either get a hoodie or you can get a ticket to the show and you can watch it virtually. So it allows everyone around the world to now have a piece of New York Fashion Week where before, if you didn't have a press pass, you weren't getting in. Um, and we used to kill for those press passes. And I was in the industry and we killed for those press, press passes. So it's opening up a world to those who would never know. Um, it, it allows them to then be a part of it and be inspired as well. So. so do you think because of that, it is removing some of the exclusivity that's associated with like events like that? So in my mind, I'm thinking it's great for us, for the average person who would otherwise not have that experience, right? Um, who couldn't maybe afford it. Um, but with these like fashion brands and fashion houses creating NFTs and then you purchase the NFT instead of the ticket or getting the press pass. Now that means, like you said, everybody can come unless the price of the NFT is still at a level that still creates that exclusivity. So you're exchanging the cost of the ticket for this art piece or whatever it is that you end up buying. Is it a mind game? Are they tricking? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Stephanie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, there. Are, I, I I go through this too. Um, in your thought process, Jamila, and there's ways that, first of all, because everyone is not onboarded into this world, it's still pretty exclusive by way of just access and knowledge, and so. It's not like every random person just buying an NFT, but I think as more people on board, there are ways that you can make it um, gated. Um, you can like only whitelist certain, and when I say whitelist, that means like only these certain users can purchase my NFT, like the, it's ways to do that. But even more creative and more democratic ways like, um, so there's a mechanism called proof of attendance, right? Um, where you get an NFT if you you only get it if you attend an event. So you go to the event, you scan the QR code, and it it airdrops that NFT into your wallet, which is your digital wallet. That you have to physically be there to get it, right? right. Um, and then so people can showcase like, hey, everybody, I was actually physically there, and only people who were physically at this event have this NFT. And then brands can go even further and say they have um, an online store, like a regular online shopping store. Now there are ways that you can add um, a, a token gate, which is you have to, um, you only can get access to this store if you connect your wallet and they show that you have an NFT. So think of concerts. Back in the day, you go to your concert, you get your merch that shows you attended the concert and those that merch was only sold at the concert, but you have to wait in long lines 
and it could be a, a very like arduous process. Now you can shift it to Web3 world and say, I go to a Beyonce concert, I swipe a QR code that gives me a beehive NFT. However, I don't, I don't feel like standing in line to get my merch at this concert. Instead, I can go to an online Beyonce store, connect my wallet that only people who attended her concert can have access to, and now I can just purchase it online. And now when I wear it, I didn't wait in line at the event, but I only have it because I attended the event by way of my NFT. So that's an example of how NFTs could be um, used as proof of something, of an action taken, um, and digitize that whole process without you having to go through the long line and the arduous process of wasting your time. And, and now you also have this token of attendance that you can use for other things that you can showcase on your social media. And it just really um, changes fandom in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because for me, I'm always thinking about the application here locally. Mm -hmm. Like how could we use exactly what you just said mm -hmm. and create opportunities for entrepreneurs to create that sort of fandom or yep. special kind of relationship that they have with their customers. So I'm excited to delve into it at the panel discussion. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that you said is to make it work, you have to have this wallet. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and how do you get it if you don't have it? Like, it sounds like that's like a fundamental thing that's required to even make any of this Web3 technology work. A hundred percent. And I, I, I'll start, but Curry, feel free to jump in. Um, so even before Wallet, you have to know that there, there's not just one blockchain. There are many blockchains. Um, some some well-known ones are Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, where most NFTs transactions take place. Solana is another one and um, Flow is another one. I worked at this company Dapper Labs and we own, own a blockchain called Flow. But each um, blockchain has different um, capabilities, different advantages and disadvantages. And each blockchain has various wallets that um, are compatible with their chain. And so some, some well-known wallets are MetaMask, which is compatible with the Ethereum blockchain. Um, in order to get it, you just have to go to like, I think it's metamask.com, but it's essentially a Google Chrome um, plugin. And so if you use plugins on your web browser, you'll be able to install it. Um, you, you sign up, you can um, onboard cryptocurrency. So you have to go to Coinbase, download your cryptocurrency transfer. It's a number of steps and we can talk through it or we can create a, a guide to guide people. But then there are other easy ones like the Dapper Wallet or MoonPay or Coinbase where you can just simply onboard with fiat currency. So US dollars, um, use your credit card to purchase. And so there, there are a number of levels to wallets. Yeah. Um, but to your point, the wallet is the pivotal piece because without it, you won't be, it's like having Apple Pay or your credit. You can't buy anything yeah. without your credit card. You right. can't buy NFTs without your wallet. And it's essentially also serves as a digital album of the NFTs that you own. And so it's, it's like your gallery in your pocket of showcasing all the NFTs you own across all of the places you bought them. So now, I don't know, I don't know if, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I got really excited for that part um, 
and when you're describing it, because we're doing something similar with the NFT, as well as a few other conversations that Stephanie and I will be um, at. And I, everyone that comes to the event, you have to be physically there, who actually have an NFT, a 3D NFT that I've created. And depending on what you're coming there for to learn, you would actually get one according to that. So it's really exciting. I can't wait for everybody to hear about mm -hmm. it. Actually, we have an entire breakdown on how to create a wallet and, you know, what's best for you and, um, you know, entire breakdown, PDF breakdown, as well as, um, you know, step by step. So um, when you said that, I was like, Oh, this is going to be so good. Because <laughs> you know me, I was like, well, I want to do that. For I want to get into it too. How, where do I yeah. start? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. that's good. I, I also want to give you guys an opportunity to talk about the other events during Tech Week that you're going to be participating in because I think it's an opportunity. Um, like we were talking about before we got started, is you have different stakeholder groups, right? So I know you're going to be, Stephanie, you participate participating in the education tech yep. education summit which yep. is going to be on the following monday and then um Paris, you're doing what the nft which happens what on the wednesday or the it is on the thursday on the 27th okay and so I, I mean we got a whole lineup people after <laughs> this like i don't want to hear i don't want anybody saying what the nft <laughs> no <laughs> yeah <the> <laughs> Or oh, unless you're saying it in a good way. Unless you said, I went exactly. to what the NFT and it was amazing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you this, and I'll start with you, um, Karee. Because we're having this panel discussion, because you guys are participating in other events, and for me, it's really centered around education and helping people to understand how you can actually apply this technology, right? It's for everybody. It's not for just those exclusive or those big businesses. There's application across the board. Yes. So in our session specifically, what are you hoping people leave with? Um, well, what I personally, I think Stephanie spoke on it first thing, and I'm so happy she said that. Um, I think I mentioned to you this before we started, you know, we have this thing where we feel that individuals speak and they are the end all be all. They know all of it and people are so far behind. This world is being created as we speak. We are literally, and that's what's so exciting, being a, a woman and a woman of color. I think we make up, I think something like 7%, women make up 7% in the tech industry in the United States, something like that, something, something like a crazy number. And so that the fact that we're in this now and what we're learning and what we're doing and as we see problems, because a lot of people harp on issues, but the thing is the issues allow us to kind of create this new, what we're doing next, right? What I would hope they everyone gets from this, even if they don't jump in it right away, is that they have the knowledge and they can sit there and have a conversation about it. And they say, okay, yes, maybe maybe in the future, this would help in my business a little bit more, uh, or maybe I can do this right now or start even playing within this area mm -hmm. um, just so that I'm familiar because everything will eventually, like how my grandmother now has a smartphone, you know, at 80 something years old, eventually everything will move in that direction. And if we don't aren't educated now, if we're not starting to see how it's being built now and not feel comfortable in that space or feeling excluded from that space, which many of us have when it came to the internet before, um, you know, we're not going to kind of use that or, or feel, um, feel, that we can, or even have the permission to step into this space. So I hope they feel like they have their permission to step into this space. Um, same way. And it's so, like I said earlier, like 
we may what you call experts, which I would not say I'm an expert. I would say this is just now, more I about. told you. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I always say there's a difference between passion and purpose. And yeah. NFTs have aligned with my purpose. It has aligned with a bigger aspect of women tech and, you know, being on the same playing field and be able to actually play in this space. Yeah. Um, for me, what the NFT, when they come to BEDC event, when they come to what the NFT, when they come to hear Stephanie, when they see everything she's accomplished, they're able to see themselves and they have to take that and be able to put that into their business and see how this new space works for them. Um, and you know, what's funny is that when I was looking for panelists for this, I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Two women and Bermudian women in this space, which is still like, <laughs> To me, you know what I mean? I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, we should just, it's just going to be an all women panel, but that's what it's, it's shaking out to be. And it's very, um, it's exciting for me because historically, like in any type of tech space, you don't see the representation. Like you said, it's like 7% in the state. So imagine what it is in Bermuda. So um, that you guys are both here, that you are showing up for us to help us to give us permission to get on board, I think um, is to be commended and we definitely appreciate you. Uh, Stephanie, I want to give you an opportunity to answer the same question. Like, what are you hoping that people leave with once they finish hearing you speak at all of the events you're going to be participating in during Tech Week? Yeah, I think Korea um, summarized it very well. I think um, even more than any like specific action taken, yeah. I just want to communicate the or lower the barriers to entry on your own time when you're ready to adopt it. Fine. It's no pressure. I'm not shoving Web3 down anybody's throats. And I also think we're so early in the game. It, we're still yet to see where it could even go. We don't know what we don't know. And um, there's a lot of unproven use cases. So I want everyone to at least get on the same playing field where yeah. they feel like they have permission to enter it and they have they're equipped with the right tools to jump in whenever they're ready and to demystify this whole space for them. So um, yeah, I just want to communicate that and, and share the practical use cases yeah. and applications because people are like, oh, crypto, Web3, I'm not an artist, I'm not a trader, it's not for me. And so yeah. my if, if I leave with people saying, hey, I can see where I can fit either now or in the future, I think that I've accomplished what I came to do. Okay. Well, listen, believe it or not, can you believe it? We're like towards the end of our conversation. It always goes fast. I always have like 20 questions and get to like four. Um, but I think people have a sense of what to expect, right? My goal with this interview was to kind of whet their appetite and get them excited about participating and attending the event. Um, and of course, BDC, our primary focus is to prepare our entrepreneurs, right? We don't want them to get missed out. Now you said people aren't going to force feed. You don't want to force feed them, but I do. I'm like, eat it eat it. You are not going to miss this train. You are going to understand what, what Web3 is, how it could, could potentially help you level up your business. And so that is what I'm hoping that we achieve at, at, at our um, Power Up with Web3 panel discussion on October the 28th. 
And so I will encourage people to go on online on our website at bvc.bm and register to attend. And we are not charging for tickets for this. We want everybody to get a piece of this knowledge. We want people to receive what Karee is saying, what Stephanie is saying. So at the end of it, my goal is that people have the knowledge now, right? Like you said, Stephanie, it doesn't have to be where they are going to action it right away. Although I wouldn't be opposed to that. Like, if, <laughs> like everybody's going to have a wallet before this thing ends. I'm down with that. But in the event that you're not prepared to do that, then at least you know that it is yeah. accessible, that you see yourself and you, Stephanie, people, young Black girls see themselves in you, Karee, and they know that it is not unattainable. It is attainable. It is possible. And it is an opportunity for you to take your small business, which you think yeah. will support itself locally and maybe create an opportunity for you to get outside of Bermuda, introduce your product or services to others overseas by way of using this Web3 technology. So that's my goal. That is my hope. Um, so I just want to thank you ladies both for being here, talking with me a little bit, sharing a little bit of yourselves with us. And we look so forward to seeing you on the 28th in person, Stephanie, um, <laughs> back in Bermuda. Can't wait. Um, and so I, any parting words before we sign off ladies? I'm just excited um, to come. I love Bermuda and <laughs> Um, yeah, looking forward to connecting with everyone and, and introducing this new technology to the community. Perfect. Um, I will leave with, um, I'm, I'm excited to be on a panel with Stephanie, um, to be with you as well in BEDC. I have heard nothing but great things about BEDC. And so even me, I was like, I want to, I want to attend some other stuff at BDC. Yes. So I have a small business as well. So I'm just excited to be able to speak and talk about different projects that we're, I'm working on with High Tide um, and how to, how I'm creating with uh, projects with five other uh, artists in different mediums. And maybe that can help others. And um, yeah, I'm speaking at What the NFT twice on the Thursday, um, it's free for all uh, high school and Bermuda students to live stream. And if you want to be involved, speak to your teachers or your principal. Uh, they are putting a list together right now of eight students each. Um, and you will be also receiving a free NFT if you're there. And later on that day, it's open for the entire community to come um, and meet individuals. Every speaker there is Bermudian. Um, and most of them look just like us. And they're in every single area of NFTs, whether it be from law and writing smart contracts to actually being uh, collectors or artists. And um, so, yeah, check that out. And then the next day, make sure you're at listening um, at the BEDC event and hear a little bit more in depth with everything that Stephanie and I have been doing. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited too. And we will definitely make sure everybody receives this information. So we'll push it out to our stakeholders groups. Anybody who missed this conversation will still get the information. And then we also are going to have Sean Stapley of Penrose. Um, he's going to be moderating the discussion. So I'm excited about that because he's worked with numerous entrepreneurs and businesses as well. So he knows the questions to ask, right? Yeah. So <laughs> He's actually on the What the NFT panel too. Well, Penrose is too. Yeah, oh, they're gonna be like, okay, we are getting the full. The full. <laughs> Listen, that's okay. 
because what you may miss on what the NFT or the NFT event, or if you feel like it doesn't really pertain to what your small business is, and you come to um, the event, event yeah. and it literally you're gonna and it, you can never get enough. It's literally everybody's experience is so different, and you may connect with that one person that said, "Oh wow, they didn't share that yesterday, but they shared that today," or they were more in depth in that area. Um, so definitely. Yeah. I definitely don't, think that there's don't miss out on one you're gonna you're gonna need all of it do it all do it all yeah. um so power up with web three that's what's happening October 28th thank you ladies so much for coming thank on mind you. your business and talking with me and I'm gonna end this with my catchphrase and it is if you don't mind your business who will so <laughs> thank you again ladies thank Bye. you welcome thank Bye. you very much Thanks for tuning in to Mind Your Business with me, your host, Jamila Lodge. Tune in next week, Thursday at 4 p.m. Because if you don't mind your business, who will? Mind Your Business is brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here.